Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone. This is Keith with Extra Time, a FAWSL fan channel. This is your Arsenal Women Weekly Review or your review. Uh, and I'm by myself, uh, unfortunately. Uh, our regular contributor uh, from the very beginning for Arsenal Women, Josh from the Islington Gazette, is uh, unfortunately due to, to work and work commitments and so forth, is unable to co continue to be a contributor on our show. And uh, his contributions from the very beginning on Arsenal Women and his insights and his analysis uh, and also being a fan of Arsenal, uh, you know, is will be sorely missed uh, every every time we come on to talk about uh, Arsenal women. So Josh, you know, uh, I'm going to miss you, man. Uh, thank you so much for everything that you've done for, uh, for this show to help it grow and, and, uh, and so forth. And uh, I'm sure we'll be, we'll continue to be friends down the line and so forth, I'm sure. Um, and so forth, but uh, we're going to move on um, and so forth, but we're going to miss you. Uh, we're going to miss you. So moving on, you know, if you are, um, you know, just some housekeeping items as we, you know, start off before we get into the meat of our show today. Um, if you are a fan of Arsenal Women and you want to give it a shot to come on the show, uh, to be on YouTube, to be on the podcast, which is on every single podcast channel or prescription that is out there, then please, you know, let me know. DM me on Twitter. Um, you know, at um, Extra Time, FASL uh, Talk, you know, just, just DM me, uh, send me uh, messages or whatever to let me know on Twitter uh, that you want to, uh, you want to come on and, and talk about Arsenal Women, because this is a great, it, it, this is a great program, if I say so myself, but also a great um, possibility for you to, you know, come on and talk about your club. So, you know, please let me know. Other housekeeping items uh, also is just remember to smash a like on the video. Remember to give a five-star review on the podcast if you're going to uh, be listening to uh, us there. We're on all the podcast platforms. And also just, just word of mouth, talk to your friends, talk to people that know, that you know, that like, that love Arsenal women's football and so forth, or the FAWSL uh, and so forth. And let them know about this program because that's how we have grown organically. And it's a slower process, but I'm not paying nobody to, to advertise this program out there. So it's all about word of mouth. So if you know someone who would love this program just as much as you, you do, then let them know about the show. Give that five-star review. Share with your friends on social media. All of those things. Just let us, you know, just let us know um, going forward. Um, so in terms of uh, Arsenal women, uh, and again, I'm going to be by myself. So I'm a little nervous, to be quite honest with you, because I, I miss Josh. I miss Josh uh, and so forth. But I'm going to continue as is here uh, on the show. So first off, uh, there are three games that we need to talk about you know, in terms of Arsenal women. And, and as, as we kind of look at how the board looks uh, or looked as the last, you know, 10 days to two weeks has, has started, Arsenal competing on three different fronts, competing in the league, in the WSL, sitting at the top of the table with points on the board over, you know, Chelsea uh, as their closest second place rival. Uh, Chelsea, you know, kind of quickly in a grind right now, trying to get those games in hand played out, get those points to catch up. Uh, we do know uh, going in, this is recording on a Thursday, we know that their match yesterday against Tottenham, which was an opportunity for them to, you know, make up a game, but also 
leapfrog over Arsenal in the table. That game ended up being postponed due to COVID issues on Tottenham's side. Uh, so that game will have to be rescheduled. So that's going to play itself out later on as, as things are getting really, really tight. So as it stands, uh, as it stood two weeks ago, as it stands right now today, Arsenal is still sitting on top of the board in the league. The other front that Arsenal was competing in before this past couple of weeks is on the, is in the FA Cup. And they had a match, um, you know, over on, uh, on the 18th. We'll talk about that in more detail against Coventry. And then they're competing in the Champions League at the same time, completing in a two-legged quarterfinal against German Giants Wolfsburg uh, with the first game being at home at, not at home, home, as during their normal pitch they normally play on, but at the Emirates, uh, which they had played before early in the season, the first game against Chelsea. So we're going to talk about all three matches, their, la- their last league match, the FA Cup match that happened, and we're going to talk about last night. And we're going to talk about how um, how important these signings have been for Arsenal because they have come through big time. And they, it, it plays itself out in these three particular matches in different ways. So let's start off with talking about back on the 13th. I know it's been a while, but let's talk about the 13th because this is very important because of these three competitions that Arsenal women are in right now. So the, the last league match that they played was back on the 13th against Brighton. Uh, and now Brighton, when we speak about Brighton, Okay, we, we speak about Hope Powell. We speak about her use, being able to utilize the talent that she has available on her squad to give big teams who may have a lot better players, a lot more talent there, a lot of trouble, particularly being defensive, organized, resolute, um, technically gifted uh, and strong and just giving uh, the top teams a hard time every time out. So this is what we were expecting, you know, when we were looking at Arsenal versus Brighton on the 13th and this game, you know, being played. Where was this game being played here? Yeah, being played at um, Brighton. So this was an away match. So let me let me put up something on the screen here. And those of you listening may not be able to see this, but uh, I do want to show you all this uh, this layout here uh, that we got going on. And let's see here. All right. And yeah. And there we go. All right, everybody. So we want to share this here. And what I got in front of you, we're going to talk about, you know, the Arsenal lineup and the the Brighton lineup going into this game on the 13th. So Arsenal lines up, you know, looks like they line up in a 4-3-3 for this match against Brighton. Uh, you know, at goal, you have uh, Zinsberger, typical slot for her, Maritz, um, and Williamson, uh, Wuben Moy. Steph, uh, Steph Catley in the back line and midfield of Kim Little, uh, Vivian Miedema and uh, Walty in the midfield, uh, which is really, you know, that midfield for Arsenal is so much stronger now that Miedema is in a 10 position. Um, and then the front line of Beth Mead, uh, Blackstenius and uh, Caitlin Ford. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, the, the combination of having uh Blackstanius at a nine and then Mita in a more in a position where she's more comfortable has just been a, a stroke of magic for Arsenal. Uh, and it's, it's really playing itself out. It's played itself out in, in 
in these matches that they're into now. And I think that combination of Medeb at a 10 and Plextanius at a 9 is just perfect for Arsenal right now. That that gives them so, you know, that gives them so much, um, you know, going forward. Brighton, you know, I, I'm not going to go into deep into their lineup, but they lined up in a 4-2-3-1. But the key player here to start this match was Megan Walsh, uh, you know, as the goalkeeper. Because essentially she kept Arsenal at bay, uh, you know, with amazing saves. Uh, just all over the place. And her team, unfortunately, her defense wasn't helping her out. And she was under a, a massive barrage. And she kept this game from getting out of hand, uh, you know, in the first 25 minutes. Because this game could have been done and dusted, as they say, in 25 minutes. Because Arsenal just laid on an absolute just assault. Crisp passing, shots from all over the place, open space all everywhere. They were taking advantage of overloads. Uh, it was just all over the place. And and poor Megan Walsh had to do everything. She must, it seemed like for a while that she had maybe five arms, uh, you know, trying to stop all these shots that were coming through, you know, from Arsenal um, and so forth. Her defense just wasn't, uh, just not able to help her out. I mean, they just were not able to, to rescue her uh, in the end uh, for, um, you know, for Arsenal. Uh, they just were not able to uh, do that. Um, so the first goal does come in the 27th minute, and it, and it comes from Blackstanius. Uh, hold on, let me get my notes here. Oh, okay. Miedema to, um, you know, Miedema to, to Ford to Blackstanius. I mean, what a combo. What a combo. I mean, just brilliant stuff. I mean, and just the linking, the linking up of Mitava and Blackstanius, you know, just repeatedly all over the place. And they're getting more comfortable with this combination. And you saw it in this Brighton match. You know, the link up of Mitava to four to Blackstanius in the 27th minute, 1-0. And then seven minutes later, Brighton makes another defensive mistake. And they made plenty of defensive mistakes in this match. Mitava, um, you know, slipping the ball through to Beth Mead. I mean, there's so... Arsenal has so many weapons on offense that, you know, just they're, you know, people are just open and available to feed the ball to. And then you can, those shots can come from anywhere. And I talked with Rob yesterday about Chelsea has that. Ar- Arsenal has that too, you know. And in case in point, second uh, goal of the match in the 34th minute, bad pass that um, got picked up on and ball gets slipped through to Mead. That's it, 2-0. Pretty much at this point, this game's over. But here's the thing. Arsenal, the only thing is, and here's one of my points I want to make. Arsenal has a tendency to play very much like their manager's mood. I have to say it, you know, and, and a lot of teams do this, by the way. But Jonas Edeval's emotional output, I would say, um, you know, ebbs and flows during the match, ebbs and flows week to week, ebb and flows from day to day. Um I give him a lot of credit for doing a very good job at this team and, you know, with the amount of talent that he has, you know, available and using that talent properly, making the right subs, you know, being able to put in a good starting rotation, starting lineups and things like that. Give him a lot of credit for it. Tactically is a bit rigid, um, but when he's got the players available to, to carry out those tactics well, then it works, right? But the team ebb and flows. And so, you know, they had that moment where they checked out for a while, you know, a few weeks back against Birmingham where, they, you know, they Birmingham almost came back on them. Uh, 
they'll have moments where they just don't mentally and mentally completely stay involved for 90 minutes or sometimes they may not even come into the game kind of mentally focused and ready to roll from a mental standpoint and so that there have been times where they've struggled in in you know in certain matches and so forth so when they have a 2-0 lead you know one of the questions i had was like wow they have a 2-0 lead with you know, in the 34th minute, is there at some point, are they going to check out of this match? You know, um, and it didn't seem that way. Uh, it didn't seem that way to me, but they kind of cr- went on cruise control, which was to be expected. And remember, you know, Brighton is a tough squad. They made adjustments. They did what they needed to do uh, to make the adjustments. But by the by the half, it was 3-0, 41st goal. You know, Lexanius gets, um, you know, gets a header. Um you know, into the nets brace and in the first, you know, first half that three nil against Brighton, this game is essentially over. Um, and, you know, as Arsenal went ahead to just sort of let, you know, uh, see out the match, um, you know, all the way through uh, to the end, looking at kind of what happened in the second half, not a whole lot. Uh, Arsenal continued to, to, you know, be offensive, but, you know, the pace had slowed down. Arsenal just saw the game out, you know, very professionally. And then as they say, it was a professional job by Arsenal. Uh, you know, uh, Miedema had a lot of chances in the second half of the match, um, you know, and so did Katie McCabe also had some chances. Uh, and uh, Nikita Paris, you know, had a shot. She's still looking for that first WS all goal center return uh, to the league. Um, and again, it goes, um, it doesn't go her way um, as well. But, you know, just in the onslaught of the first, you know, 27 minutes leading to the first like Stanius goal, it was just an all out, you know, um, from all sorts of angles of shots. I mean, Arsenal had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine shots uh, on Megan. Uh, on Megan, forget her name already. Darn it. <laughs> Megan Walsh uh, in that first 27 minutes. And she kept this match from getting out of hand. Uh, really did. Uh, so for some key stats to this match, you know, Arsenal had 58% possession. They had 10 shots on target, 22 shots overall. Um, as far as shot creating actions are concerned, Caitlin Ford had seven and Vivian Miedema had seven shot creating actions in this match. So heavily, heavily involved um, in the flow of play uh, offensively. In terms of key passes in the match that led to shots, Caitlin Ford had three, Beth Mead had three, and Minima had three of those. On the defensive side of the pitch, as far as successful pressures, Beth Mead had the most successful pressures on the team. She had eight, followed by Caitlin Ford having seven, and Kim Little having seven successful pressures as far as tackles and interceptions were concerned. Yet Valti, Valti um, in the center mid position had seven tackles and interceptions. Uh, Beth Mead had six and Miedema also had six. Miedema is just getting more and more and more comfortable and dare I say happier in that 10 slot in the midfield and just being someone who's able to really roam around and find open space moving into channels and things like that. She seems very, very comfortable where she is uh and so forth so and that only has worked out in arsenal's favor particularly with black is coming onto the team getting used to how things work getting used to her teammates it's getting better and better obviously two goals in this match with brighton 
um, you know, solidify that point. Uh, XG on this, Brighton uh, had only a 0.5. Arsenal shut them down as far as chances were concerned. Arsenal had an XG of 2.7, got three goals. Good conversion uh, for them overall. Um, not sure who I would say uh, the, the player of the match for me would be. I always go for someone who's involved in all aspects uh, of play uh, for uh, any squad. Um, you know, but I would say, you know, you know, part of me goes with Miedema, part of me obviously goes with Blackstanius with the two, with the two goals. Um, you know, it, you know, it's a, t- it's a tough call. Caitlin Ford was heavily involved in the match. Um, you know, and, and Miedema, I think I'm going to give it to Miedema actually, uh, just being involved defensively, uh, build up, assist, shot creating actions, all that shots herself that she took. Um, she, yeah, I'm going to give her a player of the match for this game against Brighton. Uh, ends in a three nil. And so basically Arsenal held serve in the league. They got the three points more on the board to put pressure on everybody else, particularly Chelsea, who is trying to chase them with their games in hand and so forth. Knowing that Chelsea, if they win out, they leapfrog Arsenal. You know, uh, once they catch up on matches played, which didn't end up happening yesterday, interestingly enough. So next we go to the FA Cup uh, quarterfinal against Coventry. Now, this was a really good opportunity for Arsenal to do potential rotation. Coventry, you know, is not a WSL side. Um, they're further down the, the the pyramid. I don't quite recall where in the in the pyramid of PID they are, but uh, Coventry is not at the same level as the WSL. So this provided an excellent opportunity for Edibal to be able to rotate players in preparation for the Champions League match at the Emirates, you know, that was that played out on Wednesday night or last night, if you're listening to this the same day we're recording and so forth. This game ends up in a 4-0. I'm not going to go deep dive into it, but again, first goal was by Black Stanius. Uh, Beth Mead gets the second goal. Nikita Paris gets the third goal and Minima gets the fourth goal. Now, what I want to point out, and I pointed this out with Chelsea, four different players scored goals for Arsenal. Four different players. Blackstanius, Beth Mead, Nikita Paris, and Vivian Minima all score. These goals come from everywhere. There was, you know, some really good rotation, um, you know, in terms of rotating players to start this particular match. Arsenal was didn't need to be at their best. They needed to to survive and advance, which is exactly what they did. Um, they you know, the talent on the pitch was well beyond what Coventry was able to to put forth and put together. Arsenal had a solid performance. Uh, I would have, if I were an Arsenal fan, I would have no complaint with their performance because when I look at cup competitions, I just want them to advance. I don't, um, you know, um, you know, I don't really... Um, you know, I don't really have a complaint necessarily about how well, um, you know, how well they do uh, in terms of, you know, as long as they see they see it out and move forward to um, move forward with, uh, you know, in the uh, competition, which they did. And so they move on in the FA, FA Cup competition. They move on to play against, guess who? Chelsea. That match will be played in April, uh, so we're, it's a few weeks out, and you know uh, you have Chelsea and Arsenal competing, you know, basically head to head on two major fronts: the cup competition and the league right now. And so that's going to be that's going to be 
wild. Um, they've already played each other in the league twice. Um, Arsenal won one and Chelsea in them drew the other. Um, so there's no more head to heads in the league, but there will be that head to head in the FA cup semifinal competition coming up in three weeks. I want to talk about last night. You know, I want to talk about last night. Uh, that was a, the champions league in the Emirates against Wolfsburg. Now, for some of you may not know, you know, maybe new to women's football, maybe new to the Women's Champions League and so forth. I want to talk about Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg is a giant. They are a giant in the women's club game. A giant. Uh, they play in the Frauen Bundesliga. They are currently in first place in the Bundesliga. They are, um, they're, if I'm right, if I remember correctly, they're a point or two ahead of Bayern. Uh, but both Bayern and Wolfsburg are giants in the, in the competition. They're giants in the game. Wolfsburg is a measuring stick for English teams to compare themselves to. Um, you know, for, if you remember the shows last year when we talked about Chelsea and Wolfsburg and Chelsea were in the same uh, group stage in this women's Champions League competition, if you re- and Wolfsburg was basically the team essentially helped knock them out uh, of the competition at the group stage. But remember last season, Chelsea, you know, the hurdle for Chelsea in the Champions League was getting past Wolfsburg in a, you know, the knockout rounds. And they managed to do that on their way to the final. Um, and it was a very important landmark uh, advance for Chelsea in their program to get past Wolfsburg because Wolfsburg had been kind of a thorn for them. Wolfsburg is a giant German club side in the women's game. So uh, they're always extremely formidable, able to hit you on so many different counts in so many different ways and a very, very strong side uh, that, you know, that they present. And so for Arsenal and where they are with their, with their quote, new manager, um, he can't be new anymore. We're so deep into the season. You're not new no more, but you know, that of all coming in with this Arsenal squad. And this is where this match to me is why you make all those signings. Look who the key players to this match were uh, in terms of how this game ended. Those of you do not know, uh, and so for Arsenal and Wolfsburg drew in the first leg of the Champions League quarterfinal last night played at the Emirates. They drew 1-1. And the cliche is it's a story of two different halves um, for uh, Arsenal and Wolfsburg. Um, looking at, let me put out, let me post up what the lineups look like for Arsenal in this particular match. If I can put that up for you, I will. Here we go. And all right, let me put that up there. So, so those of you who are listening to this, I'm not going to be able to see this, but I'll describe it to you. I'm putting up the lineup for Arsenal versus Wolfsburg last night. You know, Arsenal lines up in an interesting 3 5 2 and a formation against the 4 2 3 1 that Wolfsburg uh, put out. Um, so interesting, interesting lineup choice and formational choice. Uh, for Arsenal. And I think they kind of, I don't, I'm not sure it worked in the first half. And I think they had to make some adjustments at the half to, to get some firepower in place, but they looked like they lined up in a three, five, two. So you had, you know, Zinsberger in goal and the, the three up front in front of Zinsberger, we're going to be stiff, Steph Catley, 
Williamson at the center, and then uh, Ruben Moy on the right, and then a midfield, a solid midfield of, you know, Katie McCabe, Miedema, Wati, uh, Little, and uh, Merritt's solid lineup, and then a front three uh, of Beth Mead and Blackstanius up front, two up front uh, against the uh, against the German side. Uh, key for a couple of key people for uh, you know for Wolfsburg that I want to point out here that are key. Um, so Walsmith gets the goal for Wolfsburg in the first half uh, of this match. She is really key. Uh, and Jill Roy, who was a player for Arsenal last season, uh, played up front for Wolfsburg. Uh, and you got Savinia Huth there in the, you know, sort of, sort of the the two uh, behind the, uh, the center forward. Uh, and another key player that played uh, for it, who has been had some struggle with injuries this season and now is coming back. Alexander Pop, uh, really key player for them in the midfield. I would say my my analysis is that um, Wolfsburg really dominated the first half. Um, they look like the better side. Uh, they put Arsenal really in the back foot to me. Uh, and I think Arsenal really struggled uh, as far as the chemistry went on the pitch, particularly in that sort of three, five, two setup. Uh, it didn't really seem to, you know, seem to really work for them in the first half. And I think they really struggled with just fluidity and flow on the offense. Um, and, and Wolfsburg is extremely good on defense. So these, these are very two evenly matched sides, obviously, you know, and there's a lot of comparisons between the two right now and where they're at with the season. But Wolfsburg really dominated the first half. They were more dangerous. They were really good, organized, and, and effective on the defense. They countered when they needed to. They seem to have a little bit more pace um, and a little bit more fluidity than Arsenal. And so Arsenal really kind of struggled in the first half. But the good news is, is that I, in it, I don't think Arsenal played horribly or badly in the first half. They were in it and they obviously, you know, they only gave up the goal in the 19th minute um, by Vosmoot. And, it, you know, and it was a really good goal. It was a solid goal, you know, Um but I don't think Arsenal played badly in the first half. They just, you know, just Wolfsburg played in the first half better. So with that being said, Arsenal comes out in the second half and plays much better, much more fluid, much more on the front foot, much more organized. You know, all of those things, they had a better energy about them, better flow, uh, better passing, you know, uh, they weren't, they were not letting Wolfsburg, you know, um, you know, get, you know, closer to the attack as they were in the first half. So they really kind of changed the pace around in that first half, you know, so whatever was said in halftime was, you know, worked, you know, it worked um, and so forth. But the key moments here, uh, you know, the key moment goes, you know, and it's really tight in that, um in that first part of the second half up until the 75th, 76th minute. But as the second half grew, you kind of felt like Wolfsburg was beginning to kind of get tired. They were getting tired of defending and Arsenal was moving into the match, getting more in a groove, more fluid, stronger as that half was going. But would they be able to get that equalizer? Will they be able to get that point on the board? Because in the Champions League now, 
there is no away goal rule. So if it's tied or it, that's the way it is, it's all aggregate goals, you know, going into the second leg. So going to Germany, you know, Arsenal does not want to be down, you know, at all. And, but it is even, even with one at one, one it's, you know, and so forth. So, but you know, you're thinking, Oh, you know, is Arsenal going to run out of time because Wolfsburg is still holding strong. I knew at the end of the transfer window or right before the season started, when Tobin Heath signed for Arsenal, I pounded my head into a desk because I don't know how many people thought that at this stage in the season or in late March that Tobin Heath would come on off the bench for Arsenal in the 76th minute of a Champions League quarterfinal against Wolfsburg. How many people thought that that was going to happen six months ago, nine months ago, and a year ago when she had a United uniform on? I don't think anybody did. But when I saw that Arsenal had signed her, I felt like she was going to make a difference. And Tobin Heath has made a difference to this Arsenal side. Um, she hasn't, like, no, she hasn't started regularly. She doesn't even come off the bench regularly. But the way she has been utilized uh, by Edoval in key moments, key spots where she can shine and where she can make a difference, it happens at almost every single time. And so when she goes out, goes out onto the pitch in uh, replacing Kenny McCabe, who was, um, you know, who, who had an okay match. I mean, I'm not saying, but she wasn't as effective as she usually is in my opinion, but you know, um, but that was a solid move. 76 minute Tobin Heath comes on for Katie McCabe. Um, talk about a super sub situation, um, you know, there. Um, Wolfsburg makes a couple of more subs two minutes later, um, you know, putting in um, Pauline Bremer and Jean Satir on for defensive cover um, because Arsenal is going into the match. Uh, five minutes later, um, Edival counters with two more subs of his own, putting in Freedom Manum for Beth Mead. Beth Mead had a good game, in my opinion. Um, but Manum does, you know, provide um, some energy there and then puts in Nikita Paris for Blackstanius. Now, Blackstanius didn't have a bad match, but she wasn't at her best in this one. Um, I don't know if it's because this is the third game in a row in 10 games, um, but she was not, you know, she was not at her best um, for, you know, this particular uh, match. Uh, so just something to think about, but you could still see the link ups uh, between, you know, Miedema, Blackstanius, um, McCabe and Blackstanius, uh, you know, uh, Beth Mead, all, you know, you still see it. It's just, uh, you know, it's just one of those games for a striker where, you know, that she was not at her best in this game, but not horribly bad in my opinion um, and so forth. But key sub there. So you're bringing in Nikita Paris, another, another veteran, Tobin Heath, another veteran. Uh, and, the Arsenal continues to grow into this match. Then we get to that free kick. They're growing into the match. Wolfsburg's getting frustrated and tired. So, yeah. Um, I, I th- and I don't remember who the defender was that pulled Miedema's shirt right in, right in front of the, bo- the, uh, the box, you know, area uh, or the penalty area. Um, 
but that could have been a yellow, <laughs> you know, just pulling her shirt. But you could tell at that point in that 88th minute that Wolfsburg was tired. You know, it was at the end of the match. Arsenal just needed one good opportunity, uh, one solid opportunity and getting a free kick at that point in that very, very dangerous location, what ended up being a really bad, really bad mistake. And I've seen it happen over and over late in matches where, you know, a team defending against a, a team that's into the match offensively trying to get an equalizer or trying to get that winning goal. The defender tired, makes a mistake, and, you know, they pull the shirt, trip somebody right in front of the box. And then, you know, they have a great position for a free kick. And that's exactly what happened here. Um, I don't know. I'm still mulling it over if it was by design or not. Uh, Tobin Heath, you know, not, you know, airing the ball over the wall, but kind of clearing the ball into the space that was created um, and so forth, right to Wubin Moy. Uh, I doubt that anyone was expecting that, including myself. And more importantly, I'm not sure Wolfsburg was expecting it, but that space was created. Heath, you know, shoots that ball through on that free kick. Wubin Moy is there. She collects it. And it's in the net. How many times have we seen Wuben Moy in this situation make a key goal at the end of a match? How many times have we seen that? You know, I know Arsenal fans have seen it over and over again. But, you know, uh, but how many times? I mean, how many times have we seen Wuben Moy with a critical goal to win a match or put a match away or equalize? And here's another one in the quarterfinals at the almost at the death, 89th minute. Uh, she gets that ball from Tobin Heath and she comes through and gets that goal. And this 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 tie is even. This tie on aggregate is even going to Germany next week. Um, so it's one-one, and that's how the match ends in Wolfsburg. You can tell as you know, again, I say this with every draw, one team is going to be disappointed. And another team's going to be elated. The team that's disappointed is going to feel like they got, you know, they uh, they are going to be disappointed they didn't win. The other team that usually is the team that comes back and, and gets that equalizer, they're going to be celebrating. Arsenal celebrated. They're happy. 1-1 draw going to Germany. Okay. Not the best result, obviously, but it's a result. 1-1 even going to Wolfsburg for the second leg. And you can tell the Wolfsburg players, the Wolfsburg players were very disappointed in how that game ended. And I would be too. I would be too. Um, and, but that's how the board sits going to Germany. Now they're going to be playing the second leg at the men's stadium uh, at Wolfsburg instead of the stadium built for purpose or the field pitch built for purpose for the women's side at Wolfsburg. And and I don't know how that's going to make a difference uh, or if it will make a difference to this Wolfsburg side. Uh, I still kind of favor them in this uh, tie. Um, You know, uh, I think they are slightly better than Arsenal and then they're playing at home for the second leg, but I don't know. I wonder if making it will make a difference uh, for uh, Wolfsburg or, or Arsenal to play in the Wolfsburg's men's field 
uh, for this, where, you know, I'm hoping, I guess they're hoping for a bigger, larger crowd to support their club. Um, but it, I'm, those, these switch ups have an effect, I think, um, at the end for these teams. Uh, so that's where the board sits, where the board sits right now, as we stand today on Thursday, as we're recording on the 24th of March, Arsenal is still ahead uh, in the table in the WSL. They're still ahead uh, over Chelsea because Chelsea did not get to play that match um, against uh, Tottenham, uh, which was a critical match for Chelsea, obviously, and also a critical match for Tottenham for their top three, um, you know, um, you know, aspirations uh, going forward. So um, let me just take a look at the table really quick here. Pull that up, y'all. All right. Pull that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's do this. I'm getting better at this. I'm getting better at this. All right. This is all uh, courtesy of um, fbref.com, a great website for, you know, stats and information, as you can see uh, on here. For those that can see it, you know, I do a lot <laughs> on here. But Arsenal sits here. Um, they're still sitting in first place. They got seven. They've like 17 of 22 uh, games played. Uh, so they got five league games left for Arsenal. Arsenal. 45 goals and 10 uh, against 10 uh, goal difference of 35 there. And they got 40 points. Um, they got 40 points. Chelsea in second place, they got 38 points. So if they had played that game last night against Tottenham and won that, they would leapfrog, but they didn't play that game. The game got postponed. Um, so your top three race, you got Manchester United in third um, and they are tied even on points. Uh, with Manchester City, but there is a goal differential issue here, there, which puts United in third. Um, I still believe that City will be third in the end of the season. But as the board looks, Arsenal sits in first place in the league. So we look at Arsenal going forward, past that, past that. Their next match is against Tottenham. So <laughs> the next two matches um, coming up, uh, coming up over the weekend uh, on Saturday uh, and then uh, during midweek um, when week on next Thursday in Germany. Um, you know, this is critical. Tottenham didn't play today or last night. So they're going to come in with rest. They're going to be playing, if I'm correct. Yeah, they're gonna, I think they're going to play in the Emirates again, if I'm correct on that. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be at the Emirates. I think I don't. I don't remember. Someone may need to correct me on that one. Uh, but either way, it's a you know it's a home match, but it's the uh, North London derby against Tottenham. Now Tottenham, I, I've said over and over again, Tottenham is a team that you know um, Rand Skinner has done an incredible job with. I mean, manager of the year type job. Uh, for Tottenham. Tottenham, if you remember, Tottenham was in a relegation battle last season. Okay. Now they're fighting for third and fourth. Okay. Or fifth. You know, they're in that top three race. Tottenham plays really resolute defense. They play physical defense. They play well organized. They hit you on counters. Um, they get in just enough goals to get a result uh, because they don't have a huge amount of firepower on their side. But, you know, uh, but on defense, they they find out how far they can push 
it physically with a team and how much a referee is going to call a match. So if referee calls a tight match, then Tottenham actually, you know, they back off a little bit. Um, they don't put their toe on the line or cross it a little bit. And, and so that actually gives the other team a little bit of advantage. But if there's a referee that doesn't call the game tight physically, then Tottenham is going to use that and frustrate their opponents even more uh, and so forth. The biggest case in point was the last time Tottenham played Arsenal. The last time that Tottenham played Arsenal, you know, was, you know, earlier on in the season. Where is that on my board here? Where is that on my board? There it is, right there. That ended up in a draw. Now, it's questionable whether or not that game should have ended up in a draw um, because there were some interesting referee calls in that particular match. But at the end of the day, they drew. You saw this, you know, it was 1-1. Arsenal got an XG at 2.0, so they did create some chances. And and, and Tottenham had an XG at 1.5, and they had 63% of the possession. Tottenham doesn't possess the ball. Then that's not what they're going to do. Um, at all. Tottenham is going to frustrate. They're going to be physical. They're going to be organized and they're going to be resolute and they're going to hit you when you least expect it on a counter. They're a tough, tough opponent. I would not want to play them. Um, And this is a derby too. So you throw all this other stuff out the window too. So it's going to be a very tight match and Tottenham is going to be well rested. But here's the question. This game is supposed to be played two games from now. The reason why their their Chelsea match was um, was um, the Chelsea match was uh, postponed was because of COVID issues. Will they have be able to play this match in two days uh, from now? Uh, that is a question. Right now, as it stands, this game is on, but it may not be on. Uh, so that's going to be something to watch. Watch the space for that one. The next thing is right after that. You know, Thursday, at least having some good time. Saturday to Thursday is a good layoff. And particularly if that game ends up being postponed with Tottenham, having a basically a week to rest and go to Germany, that's going to be huge um, because Wolfsburg has got, you know, they got Frankfurt um, on the line, you know, in the league and a tight battle that they got. So, you know, Frank uh, Wolfsburg may not be fully rested going into the match on Thursday, but at least for them, it'll be a home match um, and so forth. I still favor Wolfsburg in this tie. I think Wolfsburg has a little bit of a step, um, but Arsenal is going to come in with a lot more confidence than they did when they started the match last night. Um, so this is going to be tight. It, this is the, I think this match in all of the four quarterfinals that are being played. Uh, I know you got nice ones like Real Madrid, Barcelona, you got Bayern and PSG. You got Juventus, um, you know, I mean, you got, you know, you've got some really nice fixtures, but this is the one to watch. Uh, Barcelona going to be Real Madrid. Okay. That would be a shocking upset if it did, if it ha- if uh, Real Madrid wins. Barcelona is going to go through. PSG is probably going to go through with against Bayern. Uh, Juventus is surprising people. They really are. They're surprising people um, as well, but this is the match to watch on Thursday at Wolfsburg. This is going to be a tight match. It can be a tough match. They're equal. They're very even sides. I think Wolfsburg at home has a slight edge, uh, but don't count out Arsenal. Don't count out Arsenal getting through this um, at Wolfsburg. Don't count on it. Wolfsburg. I don't I haven't watched many of the games, but I, I, Wolfsburg has a lot of highs and a lot of lows. 
you know, they get really high and they get really low. And I think this draw hit them and it, and it either will, uh, it, it will either be a shot to their confidence level and they'll play without confidence or they get riled up and be like, all right, we're at home. We got to finish this game out. So that's the game to watch. That's really the game to watch. But I'm giving the edge to Wolfsburg. Sorry, Arsenal fans. I'm giving the edge to Wolfsburg in that one. Uh, I give Arsenal the edge against Tottenham if they play that match in two days. Um, you know, but who knows what if that game will be played and who knows who what players will be available for Tottenham. This is really, really unfortunate, sadly, uh, for uh, Tottenham in their in their final push um, in the season. As you can see on this table, there's not many games to go. And if Arsenal go through in the semifinal, into the semifinal of the Champions League, you'll add a couple more games. But after next Thursday, there's only four more games left, and they're all winnable for Arsenal. Leicester City, Everton, Villa, and West Ham. So those are all winnable matches, but three of them are away. This is getting into it. It's getting it's getting heavy getting really heavy so that's where the board is right now everyone so thank you for watching if uh, and listening uh going through three games and going through my probably not so great analysis of them but hey i'm giving it a try i'm giving it a try so thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for watching you know later on we're going to talk to mark um i'm going to talk to mark with manchester united earlier today we don't have as many games to review uh with him but uh, we will talk to him later and then i'll have kate on after dark uh, recording tonight. They're talking about Manchester City, um, and she's probably going to be she's probably going to be in a good mood. Probably, I'm guessing. So, talk to y'all later, and um, bye. Take care, everybody.